Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about the imposter syndrome. I'm always thankful uh, to welcome to our podcast studio my good friend and fellow brother pastor Brent Osterberg. Brent is the pastor at Living Hope Bible Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, he's also a certified biblical counselor with ACBC and is a regular contributor to uh, our podcast, our training events, our blog posts here at CBCD. So Brent, so good to have you here for this conversation today. Brother, thank you for having me again. The imposter syndrome. This may be something that uh, uh, you haven't heard of before. I know when I first heard this term, I was not familiar with it. But like a lot of things uh, in counseling and broader culture, these terms come up, these concepts arise. And as Christians, we want to know what does the Bible have to say about some of these things in counseling? So, Brent, I know you're here to help us navigate through this, and we sure appreciate uh, that today. Uh, maybe we can just start by asking you to help us understand what is imposter syndrome. Yeah, thanks, Keith. I, I ran across imposter syndrome some months ago online, and it just intrigued me. I didn't know what it was. I, I hadn't heard the terminology. And so I started uh, digging around a little bit in preparation for this uh, podcast and looking at the scriptures as well. And one of the things I can tell you that in the secular world, um, it's it's defined as this. There's one psychologist who who would put it in these terms. It is a pervasive feeling of self-doubt, insecurity, or fraudulence, despite an overwhelming evidence to the contrary. It is feeling like a fake, appealing to luck, minimizing an accomplishment is what this psychologist says. And uh, there's actually an, a helpful Ask Pastor John podcast on this from John Piper. And I liked what he said. And, uh, and he said that imposter syndrome is professional anorexia. Usually this is uh, an issue that people deal with in the workplace. And so uh, Piper says that um, even though a person may be competent and responsible. They look in the mirror and what they see is incompetence and irresponsibility. And so he calls it a professional anorexia. Um, there's a, another uh, helpful post that I found by um, Davis Weatherill on unlock, unlocking the Bible. And he says this, I found this really helpful. He says it's the constant feeling that you do not belong to your own community or that your accomplishments are illegitimate. And so it's this idea that when you're looking at where you are uh, in your position, perhaps at work, thinking, how did I get here? They, they must I must have just slipped in. Um, I don't know how I got lumped in with this group of people, but I just don't measure up. And I'm afraid that uh, one day. I'm going to be discovered. Uh, there's one um, author. Uh, it's a guy with Wycliffe, actually, Eddie Arthur. He says this. He says, I fear that one day the grownups will come around and tell me to stop doing what I'm doing. Wow. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it sounds um, it sounds kind of strange, but I, I would, wouldn't be surprised that there are a lot more people who feel this way than we realize. So that kind of gives us, uh, us a head start into what we're thinking about with uh, imposter syndrome. 
Yeah, that's great to, to begin to understand what that term refers to and, and hearing those those resources help us to get our arms around it. So uh, as Christians, as biblical counselors, we want to try to think biblically about all things in life. That That's really one of the purposes behind the biblical counseling movement, and it really should be a goal of all Christians. So help us now, if you could, understand what exactly is going on in the heart of somebody who's struggling in this way. It kind of reminded me about... Um, this, the sin, the, the sin at the heart of scrupulosity. We've, we've talked about scrupulosity on this podcast, religious OCD, and it, it kind of has some overlap in my thinking where uh, someone who is so concerned about being found out or, or that they're, uh, they're going to be seen uh, to be illegitimate in their accomplishments or um, the, the qualifications that they do or do not have. It, it's, really a person who is is focusing on self far too much and thinking uh, about how other people perceive me and um, then losing this job that I love so much and not wanting to be thought of in a certain way by other people because I don't have this job. And, and so there's, there's, a, there's a focus on self and a neglect to focus on the Lord. And we know as Christians that we are to set our minds on things above where Christ is. And so um, think of it this way. Um, I, I like what Davis Weatherill says. He says, this condition... This um, this sin problem, this imposter syndrome, this focus on self, it it causes us to think of ourselves more as we think less of ourselves. So I'll say that again. It causes us to think of ourselves more as we think less of ourselves. So it's just another, I think, form of pride often when people struggle with this, that they're not thinking of themselves in a boastful way, a braggadocious way, which is what we often think of when we think of pride, but it's more that I, I am thinking of myself still. Um, and yes, it's in terms that are um, more, I'm not good enough, a kind of an Eeyore mentality, but it's still thinking of you instead of casting your mind on the Lord. And so uh, we have to, we have to remember that, we get our significance from God. We don't get it from our workplace. And I think uh, a lot of times when someone is struggling in such a way, they, they are trying to look for their significance elsewhere uh, from what people think about them, from their uh, job record, how many attaboys they get at work. And so that that search for significance needs to be found where it should be found, which is in the Lord and not in our performance or the job that we possess. So that a lot of that tends to be at the heart. And it's also, I think, um, a refusal to accept the fact that we are finite, that we do have weaknesses, that in fact we are um that we are sinners. Ed Welch says, um, we are small and we are insignificant insignificant. We are failures. That's true. Now, there's a lot more we have to say about that. We'll get to that in a moment. But that is true about us. And I think it's a, there's an intolerance that we, we don't accept that. We don't accept weakness. And I think that's probably true in our, our culture that we run from weakness. We run from trial. We run from suffering. We run from anything that might suggest that, that uh, we have not reached our full potential and that people uh, will find this out and um, we'll get booted. 
So I think that's a lot of what could be said about the, the heart of the matter. You know, it's ironic, Brent, but, but what I hear you saying, and I, and I think our listeners are, 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 are tracking with you in that a lot of things that people go through, through in life that seem like they're really down on themselves. They, they really are not esteeming themselves. Think about low self-esteem. You know, we think the solution is, you know, to help them think more highly of themselves, to, to feel better about themselves when scripture would say, really, that's the wrong focus. You know, it's esteeming Christ, uh, more than ourselves, right? It's denying ourselves and following Christ. And so there's this counterintuitive impulse. Mm-hmm. But that's so helpful to see that it's sort of a, a, a covert version of pride and self-focus that's really going on. And the more the more we try to press into that, the more we actually make the problem worse rather than to look away from self to Christ for help. So, no, that's so helpful. So, so helpful. So with that in mind, then, if, if, if that gets us under the hood of what's going on in the heart with this imposter syndrome, what would you say as a pastor are some biblical truths that would need to be embraced or meditated upon that some strugglers might need to turn to? Well, first of all, if someone is thinking about their job and having received this job, given this been, they've been given this opportunity to, to work in a, in a company, maybe that they're, maybe it's their dream job and they're afraid of losing this job. So there's this, um, thinking that, that someone might find them out. I would say, remember that regardless of whether or not you got there on your so-called credentials or, you know, it was something where you feel like maybe you slipped in and it's luck per se, uh, which we know doesn't exist. Regardless, we got into this job by grace. It was grace. God was in charge of us getting the job that we have and being put in the position that, w- that we're currently in. Uh, it's grace no matter how you slice it. Um, if somebody uh, got there and, and maybe it's because of somebody they knew, right, and they were given this opportunity, um, well, that's by grace. If they had a skill that they really developed and they, it was noticed by somebody and they got the job that way, that's grace, too. And so thank the Lord that you're there and do a good job. You know, trust the Lord for the grace that you need. Take the next step. Be responsible. Be a good steward of the opportunities before you, trusting that God's given it to you. And he'll give you the grace to take uh, the steps before you in a way that's honoring to him. Um, I think that's uh, uh, just remembering grace, remembering also uh, who we are first and foremost. Uh, you're not the job first and foremost. I'm not the job. You and I are pastors. We're not pastors first. Um, we are Christians. We're sons of God. We're image bearers of God. Those things are central to who we are. We need to find our identity in um, what God says we must find our identity in. So if I'm remembering that I'm adopted into the family of God through Jesus Christ, if I remember that, um, like Matthew 6.26 says, that according to God, um, as, an, as an image bearer um, of his, I am more valuable to him than um, birds of the air that he provides for so aptly, then I need to um, believe what the word of God says about me. And I find my identity in those things and not my performance or what job I have, because ultimately at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a son of God, a Christian, a, um, a chosen one of God who is a pastor, right? And uh, it could be who is a plumber, who is uh, a CEO and fill in the blank. So th- that's something else I'd say. And um, I'd also like to turn to a few scriptures that would help us out with this. So I, uh, 
I want to quote one that we've used, I think, probably a lot in biblical counseling, and that is uh, 1 Corinthians 15.58. Here's what we need to remember about the things that we do. Maybe we think that the the job performances we have given or uh, our qualifications just aren't good enough, and we are uh, suspicious of other people and what they might think about uh, where we stand in our job performance or a position that we've received. First Corinthians 15, 58 says this, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. No matter how little you think you've done, uh, if you've done it in the Lord, then the Lord's pleased and he's going to use that in his plan. It's, it's not wasted in other words. And so you're, you need to first concentrate on your labor being in the Lord. And if you're doing that, it doesn't matter how much or how little it is, God says he's going to use it. And that matters to him. And that gets your focus on the Lord once again, where it needs to be instead of yourself. And, um, I'm also, I was also drawn to Luke chapter 10 and a priority that we see Jesus giving to the disciples. I'll just read here. Um, let's see. I need to start in Luke 10. Just a second. Let's start in verse 17 of Luke chapter 10. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That can get your focus um, where it needs to be. Even when he has given them this this power to uh, have the spirits be subject to them, He said, your mind needs to be rejoicing in this more, that you are written in the book of life, right? That you, that you're going to be in heaven, that you're chosen by God. Rejoice in that. Um, we tend to put too much value on what's temporal here on earth when we ought to be looking beyond that to the eternal and saying, I belong in heaven because of his grace, because his grace that was given to me in time and the fact that he also predestined me before the the foundation of the world. These are things that we ought to be rejoicing in. And so that, that helps us again, get our focus on the Lord. I um, also like this. This is helpful. I was looking at uh, Amy Baker's book um, on perfectionism. It's called Picture Perfect. And it's, uh, she says this, truly humble people are not focused on how they look to others. They're concerned about how God looks to others. And I, I think of Paul saying, that he's an ambassador of Christ. And I want that for me. I want that for uh, every Christian, that we would uh, see ourselves as ambassadors of Christ. We represent him, in other words. And that should be what matters most to us. Not that people see us, but that they see him in the way that we work and um, in the way that we use the opportunities in the workplace that are before us. And um, we need to we need to concentrate on helping them to see his image being reflected in ourselves. Wow. That, that is, th- those are texts that are really helpful to meditate on and to think about. And, you know, really maybe we could summarize it all by saying we need to put our focus on Christ and not ourselves. 
and we need to grow in our understanding of Christ and our union with him that allows us then to think about both him and ourselves rightly. Um, so yeah, no, very good. Very, very helpful there. Um, if, if some of our listeners have been, um, encouraged by this, I'm sure they will be, and they want to read some more or study this some more. Do you have any resources that might be helpful, um, for further reading, further yeah. learning? Yeah, so I'd recommend you go look up that uh, Ask Pastor John episode on imposter syndrome. That's very helpful. Um, you can also go to uh, Unlocking the Bible. I found this uh, article by Davis Weatherall on imposter syndrome that was very helpful as well. Um, you know, one of the books that I thought of that it, it doesn't deal specifically with imposter syndrome, but one that I thought would uh, would be very helpful because it really deals with um, helping you to stop um, fearing other people or fearing what they might think of you. It's uh, these these little 31 day devotionals that PNR has been putting out. Um, I've read a couple of them, and they're the, the two I read were excellent. One of them is uh, called "Fearing Others: Colon Putting God First by Zach Schlegel. Uh, "Fearing Others: Putting God First. And that really deals really at what I, what I think is at the heart of imposter syndrome. And so that just kind of goes into a, another, um, another important point when we're talking about these, these labels that we put on things in society like imposter syndrome or scrupulosity, religious OCD. We, we, we need to get past the labels into what's really going on at the heart of these issues. Then we can start to find resources and, and verses to help us. Um, because we're not going to find imposter syndrome in the index of our Bibles. You know, you're not going to flip back there and find uh, scrupulosity back there. But you can uh, understand what's going on at the heart and get past all the verbiage that we've put on these things and really focus on what the Bible says and see the practicality of it. Because I think that we get um, we get a little off base, not, not just a little but a lot off base. If we think that we've got to find the same terms being used in the Bible as in the world. Now, uh, we need to, like you said, um, open up the hood, get underneath. And we find that these problems really are, uh, um, they have a lot more in common, um, with each other than I really think that people get credit for. So, so the fact that we're talking about imposter syndrome has a lot to do with, uh, with things like scrupulosity, um, and religious OCD and, and the fact that you're, you're not focusing on the Lord, but you're focusing on yourself. And so there's a lot of scriptures that can be applied when you, um, see the commonality of, of sin and righteousness below the surface. Yeah. I remember that's one thing that, that I think is common for a lot of us who, study biblical counseling for the first time is you have all these different disorders in the world, all these different syndromes. When you begin to think about them through a biblical lens, you tend to see the same dynamics, the same biblical mechanics, not always manifesting in the same way. But I mean, what we're talking about today is things like fear and control and where our focus is, where our worship is, how we're thinking. And those are the components that we read in scripture behind every struggle and every temptation. So it is reassuring, Brent, to have you unpack this for us in a biblical frame to see that we're not talking about some strange, weird thing, but we're saying the same heart dynamics that we see in other challenges. And of course, the, our, our Bibles and, and the work of Christ in us are sufficient to help us to address those issues in a, in a biblical way. And, and brother, uh- if I might say one more thing before yeah. we close up, I was just thinking about this. I looked at my notes and I forgot to say it earlier. Um, thank you for, for saying those things. And I would add that um, whenever we're counseling, 
I think we've talked about this before, but when we're counseling, um, we need to help our counselees consider the fact that uh, maybe the the thing that is the worst in your mind could happen. Like maybe you are found out to not be qualified for your job and you end up losing that job. What if that were to happen? Because we don't want people thinking that um, keeping the job is the ultimate answer, right? And being thought of well by your uh, your coworkers for your job performance is the, the ultimate good. So what if you did? lose the job. You know, if, if that were, that fear were to come, become realized. Well, I think our, our uh, strugglers need to hear this. You can please the Lord in another career. Yeah. It's the most important thing is not that you have that job or that your, your dreams are fulfilled. The most important thing for us is that we please the Lord. And, And that's, that's integral to who we are. And so you can please the Lord doing something else. And uh, you don't have to have that position. You don't have to, you know, rise up in the ranks at that company. And so I think that's something that's probably uh, reassuring and comforting for our people to remember. Okay, well, if it's not this, I can still fulfill the purpose for which I was saved and created somewhere else. Yeah, the, the fear of the Lord really extinguishes all other fears. And as we, we mm-hmm. seek to glorify him, trust him, love him above all, even if it means we lose a job, that, that we don't fear that because our, our goal is is to please him and, and live for him in whatever uh, whatever way that we can. So, Amen. Uh, well, Brent, this has been so helpful. Thank you, as always, for your uh, careful biblical thinking through topics like this and, and your pastoral application. I know our listeners are helped by that, and, and I sure appreciate the conversation. I'm grateful for it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. Uh, For more information about Pastor Brent Osterberg and his church, Living Hope Bible Church, you can visit them on their website, which is lhbcmansfield.com. And for more resources uh, just like this, uh, you can visit uh, us at the CBCD resource website. That that, uh, URL is thecbcd.org.